I'm Rachel Winchester, and you're listening to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, today, Carol and I are continuing our conversation about her first pastor, Chuck Smith, and the Calvary Chapel movement. And if you have not heard the first part of our conversation, be sure to listen to episode 155. But now we will continue to hear about Pastor Chuck and the amazing resources that you can still access today to hear his teaching. Yeah, I love another little motto that's come out of the Calvary movement. Simply teach the word simply. Mm. Simply teach the word simply. You know, Rachel, a lot in the old days, um, a young man uh, brought a little cassette, a little portable cassette player to church one night and turned it on and started recording Pastor Chuck. And everybody around him said, oh, could I have a copy of that? Could I have a copy of that? And so they started the one-way tape lending library. And um, then, you know, Chuck went on the radio. I mean, it just, it exploded that his teaching went all over the world. But um, he just taught us to be listening to teaching all the time, to not waste your time. And eventually Calvary bought a radio station in Southern California called K-Wave, the wave of living water. And the logo was a guy surfing on this big wave, but the wave was the pages of a Bible. Yeah. And so it's, of course, still going today. And as, as you, I'm sure, know, there are well over a thousand Calvary chapels all over the world. And that doesn't even count all the missionaries that are literally on every continent of the world. When I landed in Uganda the first time, one of the first things I heard about was the Calvary Chapel there and wow. in the capital in Kampala. Everywhere you go, there's a Calvary Chapel and usually many Calvary chapels. Yeah. And so again, how Chuck um, reproduced himself instead of keeping all the glory you know, there building a, a kingdom for himself or any of that. Another interesting thing is that he used to, um, he did not, of course, tell this, but Romaine, his second in command, who was my beloved, I, I loved Romaine so much because he was, he loved us kids. He was so tough on us mm -hmm. and we loved him because of that. Yeah. And, um, Romaine told us once that Chuck gave 50% of his pay and tithe back to Calvary. Like wow. he was not building his kingdom in any way. Wow. He lived simply, um, he just, he, he, he was so honorable. And because of that, a generation, my generation found a man that we could trust. And because of that, we called him Papa Chuck mm -hmm. because he was the dad that we all wished we'd had. Totally. And many of us were disappointed, um, rightly so, in many of some of our families, not in all of our families, but mm -hmm. for those of us maybe that were looking for a father figure, yeah. he became that father figure. On Sunday morning in the big building, um, he would preach three services. They would be completely packed. We would be sitting on the floor in the aisles. That was before people would get thrown in jail for fire, you know, wardens coming through. <laughs> And um, it would be literally packed to the roof. There'd be people out in the patio, people in the gym. As the years wore on, they kept finding more places to put people and getting a parking place. The cars would be lined up all the way on Fairview and it just drove the community crazy, but there was nowhere to put the people. Yeah. Um, it was 
such a welcoming, loving place. But um, Pastor Chuck would, at the end of the each service, the three services in the morning, he would um, start singing. He had a great singing voice. And he would sing either, the Lord bless thee. And then the women would sing, the Lord bless thee mm-hmm. and keep thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee. And he would sing the whole song, walk, and then he'd start walking down the aisle as we were singing it. And he'd stand at the back door and every person in that building, 3,000 plus people, I guess, could come and talk to him if they wanted to. He was not like, you know, surrounded with his bodyguards and, you know, in the green room, right? He was accessible. And, And prostitutes would say to him, thank you. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a prostitute and I've just started coming here and I feel so much love here and I feel so mm-hmm. welcome. And, and he would pray for people and he, you know, they'd ask his advice, you know, whatever it would be. And he was just available. And then on Sunday night after preaching, sometimes till nine or later, and in the early years of the Jesus movement, he would preach sometimes, ten, I mean, teach 10 chapters that night. And he would be teaching and he'd like see what time it was and he'd close his Bible. And then the kids would start shouting one more chapter, one more (laughs) chapter. They didn't want him to ever stop. And then when he'd be all done after he'd preached or, you know, three sermons in the morning and taught that long at night, two hours, then he'd walk down the steps and he'd just stand at the front. And all of us kids could come up and ask him to pray for us or, mm-hmm. you know, tell him a problem we're having or whatever. And he would be the last one there until Romaine was flashing the lights. And then he'd finally go home. Yeah. And the next morning, he'd be at the church bright and early. Mm. That's the kind of non-rock star mentality. Yeah. That he yeah. He's just... And when he'd go places to speak and he, they would want to give him this big introduction and he would be, no, I'm just Chuck, servant of the Lord. That's all you got to say. Don't give me these long winded introductions. They make me embarrassed and uncomfortable. Yeah. It reminds me of how the apostle Paul talks about himself and kind of his ministry of just pouring himself out as a drink offering and spending himself as like a parent of his children that he's discipling and and teaching and everything as he goes around just that sort of pouring out and just continually being filled to just give and give and give and when you said that about the smile his smile I then had to go and I was like you know I've listened to him but I've never seen his face I just I didn't (laughs) realize that and so I went and watched him teaching one night and I was just amazed because he's just sitting there on the stool happy as a clam just like so relaxed and and I always am so ministered to with the end where at the end of the teaching he gives like a blessing or he prays over you know and it is that father you're like wow my dad is speaking to me and giving me this just blessing, sending me out into the world. And it's so powerful to, he just understood what his ministry was and he gave himself to it. And it's really amazing. Yes. And he's such a, he was such a shepherd. And when I heard a interview with um, 
is it Kelsey um, Graham? What, the man who played him in the movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that Kelsey started crying on a TV show. I, Kelly, mm -hmm. and he said, he was such, what a man or what a wonderful man. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I go, people are telling me, Chuck baptized me. Chuck married me, blah, 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 blah. And, wow. and he, and I said to whoever sent me the inner, oh, my friend sent me the, the little interview. And I said back to her, I said, he's still ministering today. Mm -hmm. He's still, even in, you know, this sweet movie actor who I believe has really met the Lord in a beautiful way. And he said that his wife said, this is the best thing you've ever done. Yeah. I saw that interview and it was so, it was like, wow, this really affected him. I mean, impacted him in a major way to take on this role, to get into this character and think about who this man was. And that to me, it was like, wow, that was totally worth it to just for him That's to be cool. able to have that experience. I know? thought that too. If this is the only reason this movie is made, of course, yeah. there's many, many reasons. I think the main reason the movie was made from my perspective is that the Lord is calling the church back to its first love. Mm. And um, the millennial generation has never, or even the Gen Xers have never lived through a genuine revival before. And to just, you know, a little glimpse into really, as Greg Laurie has said, could possibly the greatest revival America has ever seen and mm. the world has ever seen, because of course it went all over the world. It started mm. in, in that little church in Costa Mesa. Um, there's a gentleman who wrote a book who's part of Wheaton College, and it's called God's Forever Family. And in that book, he says that what happened at Calvary Costa Mesa affects the way church is done at every evangelical church throughout the world. The things wow. that we just assume are normal for Sunday mornings or what church looks like mm -hmm. were not normal until it happened at Calvary. And it broke a glass ceiling that has filtered throughout, you know, all the churches of the world. It's really a fascinating story. Yeah. Do you enjoy homeschooling? Or are you burdened down by pressures and expectations? Homeschooling doesn't have to be complicated to be effective. Homeschooling can be simple, inexpensive, and enjoyable. For over 30 years, I have taught thousands of families my simple method of using great books to give your child a world-class education. Recently, following a seminar, one woman wrote to us, Carol, you have taken the weight off of my shoulders that I didn't even know I was carrying. Our family had the easiest and most relaxing homeschool day yesterday. If you need fresh encouragement and a vision for what homeschooling can be, I invite you to attend one of my 2023 seminars. On April 29th, I'll be in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. On August 5th, I'll be in Franklin, Tennessee. And on September 23rd, I'll be in Dallas, Texas. So make plans to join me for an in-person seminar this year. And don't forget, registration includes dads and teens at no extra charge. It's the perfect opportunity to gain a vision for homeschooling together. Click the link in the show notes to learn more and register today. Now back to the show. 
Uh, Rachel, I'd love to share some of the resources that are available for people if they want to sit under Pastor Chuck's teaching. Mm-hmm. I, full disclosure, I listen to Chuck's podcast every day. And when I teach um, a Bible study, I listen to him going through that book of the Bible and I listen to it from different years. So I get different perspectives. But the name of, first of all, the free app is T-W-F-T, the word for today, T-W-F-T. And it's a black app with a white Maranatha dove, kind of a free form dove. It's a free app. And when our listeners open that app, Um, it will drop down, it will give you all the different like series that Mm -hmm. he did, like um, C2000, C3000. And then you you hit that button and it will drop down and you will have the books from Genesis to Revelation. And then whatever chapters you want, you hit that book. And then there's like 20 books, uh, 20 teachings on maybe the book of Luke or, you know, whatever it is. And you can pick, you can go through a whole book Some of the college and high school students that I've mentored um, as a consultant, I will say to them, I want you to go for a run every morning listening to a book of the Bible and let Chuck teach or a bike ride or, you know, walk your dog. And that way they're, they're being taught as well as reading the Bible themselves. There's also a free podcast also called The Word for Today. And what I love about the podcast is like recently it's been going through, um, like the books, it went through the books of Moses. Now we're in um, the prophets. And um, right now Chuck is teaching on just today. I was listening to it and it was about Sennacherib uh, coming and threatening Israel and um, Hezekiah taking the letter and placing it before the Lord, opening it up and, and just saying, Lord, we, we can't defend ourselves against you know, this power and the Lord turning the whole thing around and Sennacherib going back, everybody got wiped out and, and the Israelites didn't even have to fight. But, you know, so often we just read the same books in the Bible or the things we're comfortable with, or, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly the old, the new Testament. But what I love about Chuck is of course, he's going from Genesis to revelation. You can't Mm -hmm. avoid the hard things. You've got to read them. Some of them are, you know, Whoa, what's this, you know, but It's just so great to have someone force you into books that you might not normally read. Mm -hmm. The other fruit of the Calvary Chapel movement are the Bible colleges, which are all over the world. And so um, Pastor Chuck started a Bible college that started up at Big in Big Bear at Twin Peaks, the conference center that Calvary had at Big Bear. Then he bought a very, very down on its heels. um, resort in Murrieta Hot Springs and it was the tackiest most horrible place and he made it into a paradise (laughs) and um, sadly that was just sold during COVID they just couldn't keep it up because all the churches use it for retreats but because uh, you know for two years nobody could use it they just couldn't maintain it um, without the kids there and and the retreats So, but there are Bible colleges in Jerusalem, York, England, Montebelluna, Italy, Chile, Hungary, um, Germany, all over really the world. And 
there was one in Mount. I mean, now I don't know since COVID, I know things have changed. So, you know, everybody needs to do their homework and see, but they're back up at Twin Peaks uh, for the California campus, but they're all over the world and New Zealand. So people can do their homework. And I, I very, very often when I'm consulting with teenagers, challenge them to go to Bible college before they do anything else. Mm -hmm. And I even challenge them to not even finish high school to for their senior year, um, if they can, if they've, if they've been, you know, faithful in their studies, um, to go ahead and graduate early and get a start in laying that foundation. Because at the Bible college, what you're going to do is you're going to go from Genesis to Revelation, and you're going to study every word of the Bible in two years. Mm-hmm. And it is foundational and life-changing. And then I say to kids, and if you do that, then I don't care where you go to call. You can go to the most liberal, horrible school in America, and I will trust you because I know that the foundation has been laid. And the Bible college is so inexpensive that you will faint when you do your research. <laughs> you couldn't feed a child for what it costs to go to the Bible college. And that includes room and board. So Pastor Chuck ran a lean, mean gospel machine. And it still is to this day. And um, my son went there and many of the kids that I've mentored over the years have gone there and it changes your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And can you share the book that Chuck's son wrote? That, yes. Do you know the title of that? I have it right here. It's called, so it's written by Chuck Jr., who was a pastor for over 30 years himself uh, in uh, Capo Beach. And it's called A Memoir of Grace. A Memoir of Grace by Chuck Jr. Um, Chuck basically dictated it. Chuck Jr. asked his dad if he would please do this with him. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful to Chuck Jr. that he did that because um, hearing this from Chuck's perspective is priceless. So it's called A Memoir of Grace, and it's published by The Word for Today, the radio ministry. So um, people can, I'm sure, buy it from there. Yeah. Yeah. I read a little bit of it when I was at your house recently, and it was like, you can definitely tell it's dictated by him because it has his voice so strongly, and it's so, it's so cool to read. I know. It's like we, you know, we have, it's so beautiful to have his voice and, you know, I hear his voice in my head every day when I'm making decisions, when I'm reading the word. And then the, the last thing I want to talk about is that we sang the scripture, only the scripture. And so I know thousands of verses in the Bible that I never intentionally memorized because we sang the word of God verbatim. Mm-hmm. And every week we'd learn a new song. One of the guys would write it. And the next day he'd teach it to us. And again, no overheads, no, no handouts, nothing. It was just, it was like, uh, he'd feed us the, the verse and then we'd sing it and he'd feed us the next verse and we'd sing it next week. And, and we'd sing it in the van on going to and from the commune. And it was just, you know, if we were cooking or cleaning, we were singing and it was always the scripture. And so now as I read, like I'm reading in the Psalms in the middle thirties and one after another, I write in the, in the margin song, song, song. Like I know the whole thing, like five different songs came out of one, one Psalm because we were taught the verbatim singing of the scripture. And it's my dream to 
capture those songs that we sang in the Jesus movement for another generation. Because um, I just, you know, a lot of the songs we sing at church are great, but they're not the word of God. And there's just no substitute for that planting of the word of God in our spirits forever. Yeah, there's definitely people that are reviving that. And you even had Ryan Geekus on the podcast before, and you've, he's talked about it with the Versus Project. And I love um, a, gr- a group called The Corner Room or a guy, I'm not sure, if, I think it's just three people or something, but they've basically done mostly Psalms. But I know so many Psalms because I can sing them because I've list, I just have listened to those albums over yes. and over again. And they do, they get, they get deep into your soul. That's right. That's right. And Corey Temboom used to say, the only Bible they can't take away from you is the one that is hidden in your heart. Mm. And music is stored in the safest part of the human brain. And so even if you are an amnesiac, or I was talking to one of my friends who I lived in the commune with today, and um, she's taking care of an elderly woman who's losing her memory, and she's a Christian. And I said, sing to her, sing with her, start with happy birthday and sing, you know, row, row, row your boat and Christmas carols. And I promise you, she will know the words to those songs, even Mm -hmm. if she doesn't know much of anything else, she'll know those. Mm -hmm. And how valuable it is to plant the word in our children's hearts when they're growing up sing with your children sing the word sing salty all day long with your kids because he really planted i mean when i think of the impact he had on my son's life um he discipled our a whole generation of children with music and story Mm -hmm. and um that the anointing and the brilliance on ernie and debbie retino um, I've seldom seen anything quite like it. I think of Iris Sankey and Dwight Moody or, you know, mm-hmm. these, these people who just were called by God to, to sing and inspire and teach. And really Debbie and Ernie have done that. And um, they, I sing their songs to myself. All I was singing a, an Ernie song today because, you know, it just, it, it just gets into your spirit and it stays mm-hmm. with you. And it's, it's sealed by the Holy Spirit in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that at the end of the day, this isn't just venerating this one man. It's all of the things that he stood for and all of the principles and the values that he instilled and passed on to other people of just the word of God being the bedrock of your life, being yeah. a servant, laying down your life for others and being willing to do hard things that make you feel uncomfortable because they are what God's calling you to do. And um, so I hope this really encourages everyone. I love having heard this from you firsthand and um, thanks for joining us this week on the homeschool made simple podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode where we help you homeschool simply and expensively and enjoyably blessings.